Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 55. I'm here with a, a very special guest, um, Mark Pierre Campos, who is formerly known as my biological father, whom we've never met in person, but we've talked over the phone since 2014. And how you doing, man? <laughs> well, I'd like to say I'm fine, but you know, this is kind of like weird, surreal circumstances we find ourselves in. Have we been talking since 2014? Yeah, that was the, the the first time we we made um connection was it was uh, you made a we sent I think we sent email or something cuz um up until then my mom had said that she tried to find you um but that it was unsuccessful and then I just went on Google, typed in your name and first thing that popped up was an email address and sent an email and on my it was my 14th birthday you called and it was like yeah, it's good. There you go. But I tell you what, I wasn't really that difficult to find. I mean, I wasn't a very unknown professional golfer. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that she tried that hard. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, before we get into the the meat of the episode, um, just a couple couple things. Uh, like how, like I don't even know how old you are. Like like how old? Like what's your nationality? Like where are you from? Like because obviously people by now have realized you have an accent. Right. Well, I, I I know that American girls go crazy about an English accent. That's why I'm trying to not do it. Otherwise, I'd be speaking like this, you know, enunciating my words quite clearly. <laughs> but but actually, fine. I'm from the southeast of England. That's where I was kind of like raised. Um, but I'm a very very big up mixed up cocktail because you don't actually say campos you say campos okay (laughs) (laughs) my my grandfather your great-great-grandfather is from brazil from a little town called campos uh 200 kilometers north of rio de janeiro on the coast they were orange farmers and this guy really had a terrible sense of timing worse than mine um, he actually left Brazil um, to go to do um, internship in, in a private bank in Spain. What year was and this? And this was 1935. Oh, damn. Yeah, right. And his timing was so impeccable. He arrived just before General Franco started the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> where he met and fell in love with your great-grandmother uh, who was Spanish and they were they her parents owned the private bank that he was doing his internship in in a place called Bilbao which is Basque country I'm not sure if you're aware but Basque separatists are trying to fight for independence for oof, generations and <laughs> basically they all had to all capitalists had to escape and they got on one boat and uh, her parents got another boat and they waved goodbye and they never saw each other again and this boat with my grandparents your great-grandparents arrived in napoli in italy just as the nazis were moving (laughs) 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 and they were put into concentration camps in in uh, alsace in france wait they my great-grandparents were put into concentration camps that's great that's that's quite they weren't actually called concentration camps they were labor camps it wasn't anything awful like um, happened to their jewish friends it was like labor camps where you had to work and make munitions and things like this and um, then um, unfortunately although he had nothing to do with the whole thing um having escaped from there he was um 
he, he met his untimely end in Lyon um, because the, the Gestapo thought he was part of the French resistance. I mean, the poor guy had nothing to do with anything of this. Uh, he was just, as said, in the wrong place at the wrong time. So let's count this back. We've got Spanish, we've got Brazilian. Then after the war and um, many years later, Granny um, married a French civil engineer and they moved to Turkey, <laughs> where, <laughs> where my auntie, your great aunt, was born. And then they went back to Italy. Uh, yeah, so we've got, okay, let's go through this. Granddad is Brazilian, grandmother is Spanish, father is Italian. He came to England and he got a very young English girl pregnant. That's mum, <laughs> your granny. <laughs> and and it, it's so kind of like weird, you know, because when you grow up in England, um, they're not really cool with people that don't have English names or have dark skin like I have. And uh, so I was always um, quite tormented at school. And I realised the way out of this was to be better at sport than they are. And then you kind of like have respect. Yeah. And, but I was kind of like, being brought up in, in, in the UK, so you, you don't trust Russians. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that here either. <laughs> All right. And, and you don't, and you, you hate Germans. And, um, you know, Americans are uncultured. They'd like to be us, but they're not. Whoa, and, whoa. Hey, man. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I'm just saying as it is. And, uh, <laughs> So what happens to me is like a curse from God. I go and live to Germany forever. I marry a Russian woman, and I got an American son. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer that question, we're just one mixed-up cocktail. That's hilarious. We're like a minestrone of life. <laughs> Always got to relate it to food, you Europeans, man. <laughs> that, that we live for food. I mean, we we guys, we kind of like live to eat. Well, apart, from the Scandin apart from the Scandinavians, they kind of like eat to live. Oh, man. Are they a bunch of fat asses over there or what? No, the opposite. They're all like quirky clean. You know, Sweden, I mean, the whole world's in lockdown. They haven't. They've done nothing. All their restaurants are open. Their schools are open. Everybody's going to work. Everything's like normal. That's hilarious. And they've got, they got the fewest cases of COVID uh, in the world. Well, apart from North Korea, but we don't trust what they're telling us. Right. Well, it's probably, I mean, are they like a poor country? Can they even afford to travel anywhere? No, they're so rich. No oh, way. It's like, oh, it's like the most expensive country in the world. I think the world's number one and three and five restaurants are there. And if you want a bottle of wine, in America you have wine, right? Oh, a ton of wine. Too much okay, wine. Cool. Oh, right, yeah, in, in, especially where you are in California, right? They've yeah. got really good, like... Um, vineyards and, and stuff like that wineries yeah it's true I've, we, we, we've seen that franciscana or something anyway cut a long story short if you want a bottle of wine there you're going to have to shed out at least 60 dollars just for one bottle of wine yeah we got two dollar wine out here two buck chuck trader joe's i can imagine <laughs> yeah but would you drink that yeah it's pretty good it's won awards and oh. it's in its price oh, no. in its price class <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the story that people are here to hear is uh, that we're gonna that we're gonna get into right now is. You said you have an American son. Here I am. 
how was I created, basically. But uh, because my entire life, my my envisionment of this story is like, I don't know, because a little backstory, I guess. So my mom worked at that hotel in Florida. You were there for a uh, your professional golfer. You were there for a, a tournament or something. Correct, um, yeah. Destin. Destin in North Des- Florida. Destin. Very, very nice town. Um, yeah. My whole thing is I always pictured, I don't know, you just chilling in your room and you're like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm hungry. And you just ordered some, like, I don't know, chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. And uh, she brought it up, heard your accent, and was like, bam, let's do it. Jesus, what? Someone delivers you a mac and cheese and you fuck them? I, hey, I don't know. Europeans are crazy. This I when I drove Lyft, this one girl told me the story about how uh, she studied abroad in Europe and it was in Spain. And her first day, she was moving in and she stubbed her toe. And this guy was in the hallway and was like, "Hey, let me help you get a band aid or whatever." So she went up to his room <laughs> and she banged him. You know that that's the Spanish. That's our uncultured. That's why they're having the most deaths at the moment from COVID, probably. I mean, <laughs> because they unclean. bang all the time. That sounds good to me. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it wasn't anything like that. I'm Jesus Christ. I'm a professional golfer. Um, you know, we have a bit more style than that. Oh, you can't you know? get me tooed. Not really. You know, it, and it didn't happen like that. It, 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 it was. It, I don't know how to say this. I mean, because uh, this is kind of like embarrassing. But, is it? Uh, yeah, well, because, you know, I'd love to say it was like a, a very short relationship, but it wasn't. I'd like to say that it was a one night stand, but it wasn't. I mean, the whole thing was over in less than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember the shot. Funnily enough, after all these years, I do remember the moment. What moment? Your conception. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you kind of like the information is, is correct. I uh, was at a tournament uh, in Destin, and it was really early in the morning, and because of the difference in time, I woke up something stupid, like 4.30 in the morning. So I went for a walk along the beach, and um, there was, like, a, a coffee shack. Okay. And Yeah, and your mum was working in there. And uh, I went and got a coffee, and we were having a chat, and it was Valentine's Day. And she said, there's a really cool beach party going down tonight, would you like to come? Um, so I said, yeah, yeah, I see, I, I see what I can do. Um, anyway, uh, that night, I was in the hotel room, and uh, yeah, I, I went down to the beach to see about the beach party. Your mum was there, and uh, we went behind the sand dune, and within <laughs> about a couple of minutes... <laughs> <laughs> no way so i wasn't even yes. a, i wasn't even a bed baby no 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 you're you beach you know you, 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 it's terrible it's all you get sand behind your foreskin do you realize how much that itches i don't have foreskin man i'm american oh shit you're jewish no no <laughs> it looks bigger though it looks bigger without it yes so they say <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but well, that's good to know. <laughs> Are you circumcised? Yeah. Did that hurt? I mean, I was a baby, so I don't know. Probably. Yeah, it must itch when it gets caught on your pants, right? It doesn't get it doesn't get caught in my pants. Why does it kind of like harden up like a helmet? What do you mean? Does it become, 
well, does it become levery that you don't have any sensation? I mean, it still feels good when I put it in a girl. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, well, the foreskin is to protect a very sensitive gland, the organ. And and if you don't have a foreskin, that means that like it's like constantly rubbing on your leg and rubbing on your pants, so it must get kind of like hard and levery. Oh no no no! I wear I wear boxer briefs. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's the secret then. So it gets plenty of fresh air. Yes, yes. Always oh, breezing okay. up. You got to wear some shorts a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Professional so, so, professional so, golfer though. Wait, what were you about to say? No, I was just going to say. You know that that's kind of like. Um, I hope that kind of like story disappointed you. You had a more glamorous, romantic notion of this crazy guy banging a waitress that delivered food to his room. No, the way you told it is that's much better than the my envisionment. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like romantic. A little bit. <laughs> it's better than your notion. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But professional golfer, how did that even? So, from what age to? Oh, you never told me how old you are. Oh, is that is that important? I mean, I'm real old. I'm a dinosaur. When I was your age, we didn't have telephones. We didn't. You did. We didn't have social media. We didn't have internet. When I left school, we didn't even have computers at school. I mean, if you didn't have phones, you didn't... Oh, when you left school. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what we had to do, we had to go out in the fresh air. We had to develop our social communication skills, meaning we had to talk to people. We had to be creative. We had to have some kind of, like, fantasy. And, you know, um, not like nowadays where everything's, like, there in front of you. So, you know, playing golf was a, a pretty good way out for a kid. You're in the fresh air, you're exercising, you're moving, and, you know, um, yeah, so that's that, That's the way I went. From not a really young age, I was more interested in fast-moving team sports. I was a pretty cool footballer and rugby. Do you know what rugby is? I do. I've seen Invictus. Okay. it's Oh, you've seen Invictus? Oh, yeah. What a great, what a great film. Yeah, it was a great Nelson movie. And, amazing but you see that you see that that's real men's stuff i mean you guys have what you call it it's not football you know football you think about it it's a foot and a ball it's very descriptive right and <laughs> football <laughs> so you guys don't play football we we call we call that gay rugby <laughs> right because um yeah first of all they have all this armor on and helmets and everything i mean our guys don't they have like a mouth guard and the most exciting part of rugby is when the ball goes down because then they gouge they bite they scratch they do anything to get the ball what the fuck yeah 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 they do anything to get the ball that's when the action really begins and there's fights and there's blood and there's spit it's awful it's incredibly entertaining Whereas in American, well, sorry, gay rugby, the, the guy, the guy there, throws a yellow flag on the floor. Says, "Boys, big boys, be careful! You might get hurt. Let's stop this." Hey, yeah, you right. know what? You make a fair point there. Um, but I'm gonna stick by my Indianapolis Colts, even though they uh, make very poor decisions. Um. I thought you liked baseball. I I'm a baseball fan above all else, but I also like football. Uh, I watch hockey from time to time. Hockey's fun to watch. Uh, there's fights in hockey, um, but yeah, that's rugby, man. That's do 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 any of the players like come down with like CTE later on? Yeah, of course. 
are there any of course because like here in america we have like you know all these crazy stories about like aaron hernandez did you hear about that no Aaron Hernandez was this player who played for the New England Patriots who ended up having, like, CTE, but shortly, well, actually during his career, he murdered his friend and then murdered two other people, went to jail. Yeah, went to jail, came out that he, like, some dude came out that he was, like, gay, and then um, he killed himself in jail, and there's a whole documentary about it, but, like, but there, that's just one of many stories uh, of about our football players. Well, there's, there's been a few few rugby players. In fact, in, in Wales, I mean, they're no good at anything. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's just a small little country living in England's shadow. But they are, they are pretty good at rugby, and, and they, they, they think they're good. I mean, at the end of the day in Wales, I mean, all they do is shag sheep and play rugby. Shag sheep. For those listening, that means they have sex with sheep. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's how they get their experience. That's how they lose their virginity with sheep they have special wellington boots you know rubber boots yeah and they put the back legs of the sheep inside so the sheep can't get away and 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 that's how they practice I mean, <laughs> why don't they just practice on why don't they practice on people <laughs> well i don't know but the only reason the welsh man gets uh, married is because the sheep can't cook <laughs> <laughs> but anyway they're, they're pretty cool one of their best best players ever in history I've just forgotten his name, which is embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, he's just come out. He's just come out that he's actually gay. Oh, I but thought you were going to say something crazier than that. You know what I mean? I, I have gay friends. Like, that's not even a big deal. I thought you were going to say, like, he, like, shot up a school or, like, something crazy like that. No, no, we don't do that over here. That's an American thing, right? You're damn right which, it is. And, and you've got to imagine, right? And... And this is another thing that's bugging people over here with this uh, coronavirus. It's like really strange. Nobody is dying anymore. Shit, since McDonald's has closed and cinemas have closed, there's no mass murders in America anymore. Yeah. Right? So right. it's like so many, so many people are like living. They're going to have a population boom when this thing's over. No one is dying. Well, I mean, not nobody is dying. No one's dying from tragedies like that. No. Put it this way. Let, let's just say this way. Sorry to get serious on this one, but the, <laughs> we're all being locked down in Europe, right? You're being told to stay at home. You're being told to isolate yourselves. Whereas the biggest killers in Europe are domestic accidents and suicide. What's a and domestic they, accident? A domestic is something that happens at the home. Okay, so someone yeah, accidentally no. shoots themselves or something? accidentally slips over on the floor hits their head or boils the kettle and it falls on them all of these kind have you seen final destination you're telling me that the highest killer in europe is someone accidentally dropping a hot uh, a plate of boiling water on themselves my word you should see the numbers and the numbers people are pumping out numbers is like unbelievable how many people do you think get murdered every day in the world a lot right it's seven thousand three hundred how many suicides 2,800. How, how many domestic accidents? 4,500. And they're how probably all in dies? Europe. <laughs> yeah, no, the world, the world. Diabetes, <laughs> diabetes gets 10,000 people a day. Yeah. I mean, more people die of normal things at home or killing themselves than coronavirus will ever kill. But we don't shut the world down for it. 
sounds like you guys are a little so you guys your guys shutdown is much more uh severe than what's going on over here because over here people don't believe that the virus is a thing people are still going to the beach i went for a run the other day and i saw tons of people tons of people uh, there's lines out the doors at all our grocery stores. There's uh, all of our fast food restaurants are open. Uh, people, McDonald's, all that shit is still open. Uh, and people are going there. There's the lines for In-N-Out. The lines for Chick-fil-A are just straight up down the street. But what is your guys? What do your guys' shutdown look like? Well, we, we were told um, today on the news, only about like half an hour before you phoned me, um, that 2,000 people died in New York today. Um, so kind of, it's kind of like weird because here, like McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, everything's completely shut. All restaurants, all pubs. Now, pubs are a very important part of British life, and bars are a very important part of European life. And everything's closed down. Everything is shut. We are being told to stay in the houses. You're allowed to go outside for an hour of exercise as long as you walk. Um, two meters what's that in american like six feet yeah um right and you're only allowed to go out with people from your own household you're not allowed to meet people from other households you're only allowed to go shopping for essentials i mean we got the police patrolling the the rows in the supermarkets of non-essential items they they're setting up roadblocks to ask people where they're going we we aren't allowed to do anything and we're nearly we're nearly coming to the end of four weeks I mean, my my business, you know, I've, I've opened the restaurant. Right. But my sense of timing is just about as bad as my grandfather's <laughs> sense of time. You know, my, fucking hell, my, my, my dad said, you know, he's, he's always sympathetic to me. He said, you've got to be a bloody idiot. Only a bloody idiot would open a restaurant in a seaside resort in the winter. <laughs> and then, then we had the winter, which was the, the warmest, wettest, windiest winter on record and he said right right we come through this we got we got mother's day coming up we got easter coming up we got a lovely summer coming up this week cool yeah and then comes this and the government actually closed us we're 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 the whole place is shut down the only people allowed out are what they call essential workers it's like nurses doctors um uh, ambulance drivers that kind of thing we we are on complete shutdown so you said that there's police uh, in the grocery stores uh, dictating essential items so, like, you couldn't buy Twinkies? No. You can't buy anything that you don't need to live. I, ask, I, I've got to ask you, do you are you, you guys, like, buying up and stocking up and hoarding toilet rolls? Yeah, so I, that's a thank you. Uh, yeah, we. I haven't been able to find, I haven't seen a pack of toilet paper since this whole thing started. Where the hell does that come from? I mean, uh, that is really crazy. I mean, Jesus, I can imagine, I don't know, sanitizers, lemons and stuff. But how the hell do we think by getting loads and loads of toilet rolls is going to save us? Americans are stupid. Americans are stupid. I don't know what. I don't know where people got that notion, uh, but it, it sucks because we're down to our last three rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Jesus, you can start rationing yourself to one pizza a day. I, I'm going to have to start holding it. In days of old, but nights of bold. Yeah, hey, they didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have toilet paper back in the 1300s, so I'll figure it out. They certainly didn't. Have you seen how a dog wipes his ass? Yeah, sometimes they don't. <laughs> they just wipe. They, they just they run their asses along the grass <laughs> <laughs> and walk away contented. Oh man, 
Um, so no, back. It's pretty, I mean, it's serious over here, Gaylin. It, I mean, it's it, it, it's like really, really bad. And the government is encouraging your neighbours to snitch on you. Yeah, that's it, here. It's serious. I mean, do you know what's going to happen? I tell you what. Hardly anybody. Let's be serious about this now. We got to think about what the hell is going on. Is it a government reset button? Is it Mother Nature fighting back? I tell you what, hardly anybody is dying from this virus, but we're all dying for the consequences of the lockdown. People are going mad. Yeah, absolutely I mean... mad. So yeah, the police are patrolling the aisles of supermarkets to make sure what you buy is what's essential to living. That's how bad it is. Essential. So are they? Are they still? Let's say you want to buy a box of fruity pebbles. Do they still have that in the store? You're just not allowed to buy it. Um, yes and no. Um, most stuff is like really is, has run out here, and um, uh, and if they did have it, you wouldn't be allowed to buy it. That's stupid. Well, that's that, that's kind of how it brought it home to me. I mean, like before they shut shut us down and shut the business down, it was like it was the Monday, and I'm. I kind of like being sheltered from it a little bit and I, I, I just because I, I don't go shopping in normal shops and I, I mean I hate shopping I know I, I, I hate it uh, anyway I've gone to the supermarket on Monday and there was like all these queues outside this is like four weeks ago and um, they weren't like doing the separation and distancing thing then but there was like queues to get into my thing what's going on and I get in there and it was completely empty <laughs> it, it, it was just like so surreal i'm looking around me and i'm thinking oh my god this is like one of these really weird weird hollywood films you know like yeah. i was expecting a zombie to pop out behind from where the eggs used to be and, and, <laughs> and that kind of thing and um and then four days later um they they shut us down and and since then yeah it's pretty serious but um anastasia's brother's here he's he's, he's been here way too long <laughs> um, but he, he, he's he's got a friend in California, and um, they phoned yesterday, and his friend said, "Well, in California, like we're all going out, we're going to the beach, McDonald's is still open." And we're like, "What? Seriously? The, the whole of the world is shut down, and in California, you can still go out and you can still get a Big Mac." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. This is luxury. If only we could fly there, but unfortunately, we can't because all flights are grounded. There, they, I look up in the. If I were to look up out my window at the sky right now, I'd see at least three planes. Oh, that's weird. I mean, our biggest airlines: Virgin Atlantic, British Airways, of course, EasyJet, Ryanair. Everything's grounded. Everything's grounded, and they've been really horrible um, because the government have come up a with a scheme that if you keep your employees, they'll pay eighty percent of their wages, and the airlines have like put their staff on holiday but with no pay. So they're on unpaid holiday until this thing is over. Oh, that sucks. Hey, that's terrible, isn't it? And I didn't know, but for British Airways, it's like 38,000 employees. Can you imagine? Oh, fuck. It's a lot of people out of work. I say one airline, 38,000 employees, and it's completely grounded. There's, there's no flights going out of the UK. Well, to to pivot to a uh, to a more uh, a, maybe a possible funnier topic, um, when we sent when we sent out the how did you found out how did you find out that I even existed and what was that like? 
Bob. Um, well, I kind of like, I knew. It was so weird. I knew. It was like, uh, I can tell you now, it was 2010. It was April, April 2010. And I was uh, at a golf tournament and I was ad- uh, I was advertised. I was interviewed on um, Skype by Sky Sports. And um, we were talking, blah, 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 just a normal interview. And um, it just occurred to me, as soon as the interview finished, my hairs went up on my arms. And I said to them, has that just gone out live worldwide? And they said, yeah, that, that was worldwide live interview. And <laughs> I, <laughs> it just occurred to me something that my mum had said and, and my grandmother had said. Um, when I was younger, I, I, I wasn't... Yeah, I mean, I was drop dead gorgeous. I was incredibly talented at sport. <laughs> la la la. Right? <laughs> it wasn't difficult to get girls. So, and and there was lots of many stories of like broken hearts and girls actually at my home crying into my mother's arms and stuff like this. No way. Both, absolutely. Both my mother and my grandmother said, "Ma, this is going to come back and bite you. You can't go around shagging your way around the world because it's going <laughs> to." It's going to come back and get you. Do you know the word shagging? Yeah, sex. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's cool. Because that, that's very British. I've seen Austin Powers. Ah, oh, the spy who shagged me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Anyway, um, it was like four weeks later, a letter arrived. And it was handwritten, which never, never happens to me. You never get like a handwritten envelope. And... I sat there in front of it, and it was, like, worse than my AIDS test result. I mean, that took me, like, like hours and a couple of bottles of gin. Wait, hold up, um, hold up, hold up. You took an AIDS test? Yeah, of course. No, not because of that, but, you know, because you just did it. Back in 2008, 2009, it was, like, a big subject. Uh. And if you were kind of, like enjoying yourself as you were traveling and enjoying uh you know female company <laughs> and things you were kind of made to be worried right you might have right right okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> you arrived you were advised to take a test now back in the day uh, you took this test and about a couple of weeks later an envelope would arrive with your results in it oh fuck Right, so this envelope arrived, and I remember I, I went upstairs, and I was really cool about it. I changed, I had a shower, and I sat down. I got the bottle of gin out. That's a big drink over here, gin and tonic, very British. It's what it's what killed the Queen Mother. In fact, she pickled herself to death. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you have a good stiff gin and tonic, and um, you open the envelope. Well, after... A bottle and a half, um, not tonic, gin, <laughs> got the guts to open this letter and, oh, thank Christ, you know, it's, it, I was just so happy. It was the first time I've ever been happy about receiving something that was negative. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost as happy as uh, Donald Trump was. I am so negative. No one in this world is more negative than I am. I am 110% negative. I mean, that's got to go down as one of the most famous speeches of all time. Anyway, um, when this letter was in front of me, the difference was it was handwritten. Handwritten is usually bad news. <laughs> why Why is that? I hand All my letters are handwritten. Serious? You don't yeah. like kind of like address your envelopes from the computer? 
No, I'm I handwrite not only the the letterheads, but I or not only the the actual envelope, but I actually handwrite my letters as well. And oh, that's really nice. Do you still write letters? To to actually the the last letter I wrote was probably in uh, well yeah, um, but I used to I used to write letters to my great grandpa. Oh, and I have to, a lot to you, didn't he? Huh? He meant a lot to you, didn't he? Uh, really well, nice looking guy. Yeah, so he passed away in 2014, and then there was he didn't really he wasn't very technology like savvy or anything. So we'd handwrite letters, and then he we would reply and stuff. And then, uh, so but nice. my great uncle, he he had a phone and shit, so we didn't have to thank God have to write letters or anything. But that's it's so nice to, to hear that you actually wrote letters. I mean, there's nothing more nicer than a handwritten letter, and it's like when somebody's writing something really with a pen it's they're putting more of their emotions they're putting more of themselves into it yeah they were tapping on a nice cold keyboard yeah that's oh that's nice anyway so there it was in front of me and i i just knew i knew what it was before i opened the envelope and opening the envelope confirmed it and uh and there were some photographs in there so you know being a modern world at the time as it was already I scanned them and I sent them to my best friend who was also my best man at my wedding and I was best man at his wedding and I sent to my granny and to my mum and I just asked, asked the question do I need a DNA test well, well, what, what, what did the letter say mm. informing you uh, asking me if I was the professional golfer that was intestine at the tournament and try to get hold of me and I think I know what happened um, when I came back uh, from testing I went on to New Orleans that was really cool it was Mardi Gras at the time I'll never forget <laughs> it but that, that's the story for another day and <laughs> and when I got back I moved home because I was actually at the time I was living in Germany well I wasn't living anywhere but my, my main address was in Germany and right. I, I'd moved within there so it, it could actually be that mum did try to get hold of me and uh, basically she couldn't anyway uh, still don't explain the google bit she could have done that anyway (laughs) (laughs) um, I scanned these and and I sent them asking with a question because I knew the answer already I mean it was like the, the, the skinny legs, the skinny arms, the very low rib cage, the city gap between the teeth, the head at one side when a photograph's being taken, all of these gesticulations and all these mannerisms. The question was, do I need a DNA test? And the answers all came back within five minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, that, that, that's kind of like how that all happened. That's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, I know. from from our side, uh we lived in Florida for for 3 years. Uh so we moved out to California when I was 3. Um but because I had I guess I was a super sickly baby. I had a bunch I was in and out of the hospital. Mom said that I guess at one point I almost died from some complications from some sickness. I had asthma, all this shit. Uh shit. And then so Uncle Dennis, who's my great uncle, he drove a U-Haul truck from from Los Angeles to all the way to Florida, picked us up, moved us, drove us all the way back across, uh, came here, lived with him, and everything just went away. Now I'm healthiest, he- the healthiest shit, knock on wood. 
great immune system, all this shit just disappeared. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so we've lived here ever since, and it's crazy to hear that you just bounce around from all these other countries and shit. Because here, people don't really like you. Either you'll you'll be where you are, and then you'll move somewhere, and then that's it. Uh, or people just stay where they are their entire lives. It's a, yeah, I know it's like really weird. And then I think it was it yesterday or the day before. Anyway, Nasty said, Do you realize in the last eight years we've moved 11 times? Uh. <laughs> and I, I try to get my head around it and I was going like through it, and it's true. And that's basically the, 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 the life of a professional sportsman. You know, you go away you go I mean it was like when I was younger for for the first kind of like eight years I was a professional golfer I spent every winter in in Asia no way Penang, and then you fly out uh, to all the different destinations in in Asia from Penang and then after that it was I was like 15 years in a row in South Africa every winter um, because it was cheap it was warm and uh, most of the golf tournaments were down there and in between those two, it was it was basically Florida because they had a thing called the Space Coast Tour, where every week there'd be a different tournament. And um, do you know that? Do you know you probably won't. You're way too young, but there was a really cool tennis player. He like won the U.S. Open and Wimbledon and stuff. His name was Ethan Lendl. Never heard and, of him. Oh, Ethan Lendl was right, like a real big name in tennis. I mean, right up there with John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and all of these guys. And uh, he decided he'd had enough of tennis and he wanted to become a golf pro. So now I am at West Palm Beach and I've gone to the first tee and the partner, the guy I'm playing with, is Ivan Lendl. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that was basically it. In Florida, there was a tournament for professional golfers every week. And you kind of like, it's called the Space Coast Tour. So you went down, not the Gulf Coast, the other coast, the so I suppose the Atlantic coast yeah. and you, you you work your way up from Miami all the way and then it would go across and then it would go to Destin and then you went to Alabama and then you go to Louisiana and you end up in New Orleans and that's exactly where I was when did you, you have, did you win that match did you beat him uh, yeah easy he was shit <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any better either he gave that idea up but uh, that yeah, is... There are a lot of similarities between tennis and golf, but I don't think he kind of like understood them. I think that's crazy that because um, I've seen that in other sports like Michael Jordan or um, well, I mean Bo Jackson was actually good in both sports, but but how this guy was a professional tennis player decided that he was just going to switch sports, and then they would put him against an actual professional golfer in yourself. I think that that's super interesting. Whereas if let's say I was like. I'm going to be a professional golfer now, then people would just laugh. Well, it, 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 as I said, there's kind of like a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of finesses that are completely different and touch and everything else. I mean, there's there was another Czechoslovakian, I think, um, tennis player. His name's Korda. Well, his two daughters are now like two of the top golf professionals in the world. On the LPGA Tour, they're like ranked both in the top ten. Damn. Jesse and Nelly Corder, I think they're called. Anyway, I mean, so there, there is certain um, similarities there, and there, there's a lot going for it, but he, I, I don't think he kind of, like, cottoned on that, you know, golf isn't a sport where hard work makes you better. It's not you've, you've either got it or you haven't, whereas I suppose maybe in tennis or all other sports, uh, you, if the harder you work and the more you train, the better you get. Golf's not like that. You've either got it or you haven't. 
how did how did you go pro were you were you like scouted or like do you just play and shit and then just started winning or well yeah it was kind of like a bit of both uh it was like it was like really strange um like dad introduced me to golf i was basically being groomed to take over his restaurants and um he like discovered golf and he 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 took me too and i got really good really quick and uh, he, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, he entered me for a tournament. I mean, I didn't even have a handicap, which is like a world-ranking kind of thing that everybody has, Everybody, every golfer has a handicap, and that's how you play competitions. I didn't have one. And anyway, it's like one of the biggest tournaments for juniors in, in, in the UK. And like Sir Nick Faldo, he's a, he's a reporter on um, NBC and stuff like this. He, he'd won it. Anyway, I won it. Um, I, I basically... <laughs> I won the first 19 tournaments that I ever entered. No so, way. Yeah. So I was really good really quick. And um, I, I, I just loved it. There was something about it that really interested me. I never thought it would, uh, but it did. And, um, yeah, I decided this is what I want to do. It's much, much, much better than working for a life, you know. Why work hard for a living when you can just play golf? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I kind of like, to use his words, bummed around the world for 35 years. That's crazy. Now, so because of that, so you kind of just stumbled your way into having a gift. Like, are there any, like, golfers that you, like, like I don't know, like a hero type of thing? Or, like, were you just like, ah, I'm just good at it type of thing? Mm, yeah, and both. I mean, I didn't realize how good at it I was um, until I just kept winning everything by miles. But um, the, the reason I think that I, I, I actually pursued um, playing it was a guy whose birthday was yesterday. Um, a, a guy called Severiano Ballesteros, really handsome, squash-buckling, charismatic Spanish guy. Um, uh, he, he went to America right, and right. he started... Sorry? All right, you sounded like you wanted to have sex with the guy there for a sec. I oh, tell you what, if I, if, I, if I was that way inclined, um, <laughs> yeah, then definitely... Yeah, then definitely. I mean, this guy was absolutely gorgeous, <laughs> and and this guy was just like a super talent. He, he, you know, he could he play shots on a regular basis that no one else could even imagine playing. And then um, golf was in a kind of I don't know, not a doldrum, but in a lull. And then came uh, came along your guy, you know, Tiger. I mean, what a guy! I mean, this guy is just like unreal. So yeah, he. I mean, he's a natural. He, he he did it the other way. I mean, he was like regimented. His dad made him train hard and made him work hard and made him believe in himself. <clears throat> and that's the most important thing in golf. Maybe it is with everything in life. If you really believe that you're the best, you you can be. And uh, so it was no surprise to me um, that he's made this incredible comeback and won the Masters again last year. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, it would it would actually be, be played now, but they had to cancel it. Yeah, I mean Tiger Woods, I mean, you know what a guy. Yeah, what, what a, a guy. So professional athlete, all that shit. So are there any underlying like health issues in your family that I should like worry about or whatever? No, quite the opposite. Um, this, this this is the amazing thing. You know, I, I keep thinking about dad. You know. Um, at this moment in time because we're told to keep away and, you know no contact all the rest of it. He's, he's going to be 80 in June and I mean the guy's as strong as an ox I mean his arms are bigger than my legs it's just like he's just like unreal and then your great granny 
um, from Spain, Carmen, probably, you know, original Spanish name, but that's her real name, Carmen. I mean, she's still going. She's 98. Oh, shit, no uh, way. Yeah, yeah. My mum's mum, Winifred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made it to 98. Uh, she was only two years away from a telegram from the Queen, which is all she ever dreamt about. Um, if you live to 100, you get a telegram from the Queen? Yes, you do. You get a personal telegram from the Queen. Well, today, nowadays, I suppose that would be an email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. And no, um, thank God. Um, I'm looking for some wood to touch. Hold on. Uh, touch wood. Um, no, we're, we're very strong and um, very resilient. Um, apart from being tortured to death by the Gestapo, our families have always, they've all lived uh, to a ripe old age. That's crazy, because on my mom's side here, uh, my great-grandma, she's still she's still going. She's 94. My great-grandpa, he passed away at 94, but that was due to uh, health complications that was actual doctor error. He was having some, like, knee surgery. Then they fucked up, and they just didn't decide that they never – I don't know the actual details, but they decided not to sue. But they the doctor said that they probably estimated that they took 10 years off his life. Fuck! How do you take? How do you kill someone doing knee surgery? I, I don't know. I, uh, I assume they just nicked something and something just went up into his artery, um, or, or something like that, because it, it affected his heart. It weakened his heart. But I tell you what, ninety-four. I mean, that's still a good knock. I mean, that's still a good innings. But I don't Jesus. know. If, I don't know if I'd want to live that long. I mean, she. So when I was a kid, uh, she would have all her her bridge friends. So they would play cards, all this shit. Uh, he had all his friends, all that stuff. And she's still alive, and they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of like, I suppose, shit yourself off. Can't remember anything, and you know, it takes you about two hours to eat a bowl of soup. <laughs> no, she's she's strong. It's about an hour um, and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, it's it's it, no. The, the family's good, strong, and healthy. You know, praise the Lord and whoever you praise in these things. No, we're good. We're good. When you were growing up, did did uh did you have ADHD or anything like that? Yes, I did. Okay, yes, well I that ex that explains my wild fucking childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I your mum actually wrote that um to me, and I wrote back um. And she never answered. I suppose that was it because I actually told her about special diets and special treatments and all the rest of it. I mean, Jesus Christ, when when so okay for you, but when I was younger, you know, teachers at school would be aware of these things, so they kept kicking me out of the classroom because I kept moving around and disturbing <laughs> everybody and all the rest of it. And they kind of like only noticed afterwards I'd actually done all my work. Yeah, no, 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 and uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. When I was and all the rest of it. When I was a kid, they were, they, we had, there was a doctor or whatever, and I was on medication from like ages like seven until, uh, I think I, I just stopped taking it at like 16 or no, no, I stopped taking it at like 17, 18. Like when I graduated, I stopped taking it, but, but like there was mad side effects from it. So like it, it like stunted my growth and shit. Like I'm still, um, 125 pounds, but I'm also, I also was a runner and shit. Um, Hey, I mean, professional athlete jeans. I ran the my fastest mile ever was four eighteen. Uh, Jesus, there's only eighteen behind being good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, 
Christ, I can't believe that they made you put, put you on medication. The yeah. one thing the doctors didn't want to do here with a young kid was put him on an, on, on medication. Yeah, we, so I was, uh, when I was in, I, I was, because I was, when I was 12, I weighed 65 pounds. What's that in real language? What do you mean? Well, like pounds and kilos and stuff like that. Uh, 65 pounds is light as fuck. Really? Yeah, so... Okay. To put it in perspective, when I was in sixth grade, uh, so when I was up until up until I was twelve, or up until I was like eleven, I was still in a car seat. So I would pull up to middle school in a car seat and have to have no, to. No, you're kidding me. Yeah, and so like you know. Oh wow. Be like, hey, drop me off around the corner, you know. <laughs> no, I, I I I was a tiny kid. I mean, I have to show you some photographs. I mean, I was just completely completely skinny with long arms and long legs and uh, really, really skinny. And then I got to like 15 and I went away on a school camp <laughs> for, for two weeks. And I came back and I just had like a growth spurt and I grew into a normal kid. It was like really strange. And um, yeah, no. So yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's, that's definitely um, runs in the family. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, I'm, I, I don't know what that is in... Um, your kind of language but i'm like one one meter 83 what the what the hell (laughs) one meter 83 i think um in in normal says like six feet oh okay yeah i'm so i'm i'm five eight okay so you're just a little bit shorter yeah yeah well that that's that's fine size is not everything i mean that's what everybody says it's got a small dick Quite, quite the opposite, my friend. Quite the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? I, I could make my dick twenty-eight inches long. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> well, that's why you're supposed to say how. How? <laughs> I fold it in half. <laughs> <laughs> Save some for the rest of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, it's not what you got; it's how you use it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you said so you 30, 35 years bumming around all that stuff. When did you, so you're married to, to Anastasia. When did you decide to get married and end that bachelor party of a, of a career? <laughs> um, it, it does, I, I, I don't know. It just like comes across you, you know, when you see like all these films or you read these stories that you know when it's happened and it's kind of like bolt of lightning and all the rest of it. And, I think for me it was very simple um, had lots of very short term relationships and relationships I would like to have been longer and whatever um, but because of my lifestyle and, and who I was and what I did no one ever trusted me um, so you get loads of shit when you came home from like a tournament schedule and, and, and trips abroad right. and and Anastasia was the first person that never gave me any fee. She trusted me, and that was it. Then I knew it was the right one. That's crazy. How did you guys meet? Oh, at a golf tournament in Portugal. She she was working in in, in, in the hotel that I was staying in, in Villa Mora, in Portugal. Man, you sure like them hotel girls, huh? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> how, how many countries, how many different countries have you visited? I, I would think uh, that's that's uncanny. This is something I was thinking about the other day. Obviously, at this moment in time, we got a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to go things we didn't do. And I, I was just going through the atlas. I think to answer that question, it would be easy to say, well, I haven't been. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
pretty serious. Um, um, and I haven't been, obviously, I haven't been to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually got banned from going to California twice. And, How did you do? Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. You said you got banned. Yeah, yeah. For what? They 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 wanted me to appear in court, and I refused to come. And I, I accused them of being really small-minded. And in Europe, we have um, choice, and it's not like a dictatorship, and all of this stuff. It was quite quite an interesting story. What did you have to I appear in to court for? Yeah, tell the story. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so on my way to Hawaii to a golf tournament. Um, they made us land in Los Angeles, which wasn't such a bad thing. I, I wanted to, I'd love to go, you know, to LA, the Angels, all, all the rest of it. And um, anyway, it was January and it was really, really shitty weather. So anyway, I wanted to go up, um, what was it called? Highway 1? Yeah, Pacific, like, Pacific Coast Highway. That's it, like really famous and it's in so many songs and I wanted to do that. Yeah. I wanted to go to a place just short of Carmel. I mean, Clint Eastwood, Mayor, and Carmel, really cool. And there's a golf course up there called Pebble Beach. Yes, yes. Which, right, and I really, really wanted to play that one. And I, I w was with a friend of mine, another professional golfer, and um, we're on our way, and we actually got a start time, which is something, like, incredible. Not many people get that at Pebble Beach. And it was such a bad winter. There was, like, a landslide. And um, what year was this? The, oh shit! Now, now you're asking this. This would be like '91 or '92. Okay. Or maybe '93. Anyway, there was like a really, really bad landslide, and Highway One was closed, and it was like really dark, and the winds were blowing, the rains were coming in, and we kind of like were in a layby, looking really glum. And this guy comes along and says, "Oh, guys, you know what?" Um, if you go to Las Vegas, it's beautiful weather. Play <laughs> <Okay>, golf. <laughs> yeah, right. So we decided. So we, we we went back to the car hire firm, and we got ourselves a really nice car. Uh, another car from like Prince, you no know, little red Corvette. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we got a little Corvette, and we're like bombing away, and we're, we're going over, and we come over to like this kind of like range of mountains after about four or five hours, and there was this illumination in the sky. And it was like Las Vegas. Anyway, cut a long story short, um, we, we we got to a like a really for Las Vegas standards a really shitty hotel motel place, and we're like in these like twin beds. And he's got Mark. We we got to get out. I've, I, I've really got a really bad headache. We need to. Um, we we seriously need to get me some headache tablets. Uh, so we went out, and about twenty four hours later, although it felt like two hours, we came back out having lost all of our money. And we were kind of like really pissed off. And uh, so we get this Corvette and we're like um, having an argument because he's driving and I'm telling them to slow down. So the, what's it called? Mojo Desert? Mojave Desert. Mojave Desert, yeah. I'm convinced we're going downhill and he's driving way too fast. <laughs> he's convinced we're going uphill and he needs to give gas. So we stop the car and we get out and it's like completely flat. <laughs> so I decided he said right you fucking complain no, you drive so I'm driving and I'm really fed up anyway we get back into kind of like the outskirts of Los Angeles and it's like four lanes now in Europe we kind of like have two or three but we have the lanes are for the speed you're driving so if you're if you're going fast you're in the outside lane if you're going middle you're in the middle 
and if you're going slowly, you're in the inside lane. And I couldn't get my head away. The Americans all drive at the same speed in whatever lane they are. Yeah, or the lack so thereof. People drive slow uh, as shit on the left lane. Exactly that. And I was fed up with it. I was angry. I was annoyed. I'm still out there going to Hawaii. I'm out there for another four weeks and I've got no money. Right? <laughs> Didn't get to play Pebble Beach. And uh, I was annoyed. So I thought, fuck it. I'm going to show these Americans how we drive in Europe. So I've just like put this red Corvette. I've put the pedal to the metal and I've just gone. And I'm zigzagging in between all of the cars. <laughs> <laughs> then we notice there's like a car like following me. So I said, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach him, right? Okay, here we go. Let's, let's make a big thing out of this. So I'm just like going really, 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 really fast. Like and upwards, become, up over a hundred? Oh, way over. <laughs> way over. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're going just flat out. <laughs> and John said, he said, Mark, you know that car that's following us? He's got a blue light on the top of it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> And it was the full treatment. It was out of the car, hands on the thing, and the shop took us down to the police station, all the rest of it. Anyway, we were let out. So off we went to Hawaii, came back to Europe, and you cannot believe it. Your mum didn't find me. They did. They <laughs> <laughs> was let out asking me. I had to go to court in Los Angeles. So I like written back. Um, there's no way I'm coming back in Europe we're allowed to decide which lane we're driving and what speeds we drive and you know how dare you and all the rest yeah but I'm and, sure you're not allowed to drive uh, 120 miles an hour on the Royal Parkway oh no not there but there are stretches for example in Germany where there's absolutely no speed limit I've heard I mean, about Tiger that Woods, Tiger Woods famously got lost during the uh, German Open at a place called Hoffenheim uh, when he was in a blue Maserati, and he, he just wanted to go to this motorway to drive it. And for some reason, he came off the motorway and got completely lost. And like four hours before he was due to tee off in the televised <laughs> golf tournament, they sent out helicopters to find him. No way. <laughs> yeah, serious. That's Insider. Not many people know that. I hope Tiger doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> gotcha, Tiger. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Vegas, Vegas sucks, dude. I've or but the first so throughout my childhood, my mom was an alcoholic or whatever, uh, and so I saw firsthand like like the effects of like alcohol, and so like I was just like ah, I'm good, like I'm not gonna drink or whatever. But then um, last year uh, on New Year's, my friends and I, we was like we had we had we had come from a party. I hadn't drinking or anything, and we just decided, hey, let's just go to Vegas and spend the New Year in Vegas. And so for the first couple of days of 2019, we went out there, uh, stayed at the the Luxor or whatever, and I got drunk for the first time, uh, and it was it was crazy. We went to we went to strip clubs. I got I got us kicked out of a strip club. Uh, it was it was. Uh, the, the, the lady came over and there was a bunch we kept, we kept, we had like our wallets on the table, or whatever. And a bunch of girls kept coming over and we were just wasted. Right. And this, uh, the bouncer comes over and I started, um, fuck what happened? Uh, the bouncer comes over and he's telling us that like, we got to leave. But I was, I was so drunk because I fell out of my chair and I hit my head on the ground and the guy put his flashlight in my face. But I thought that it was my friends taking a video of me, so I started like, <laughs> I started flipping the guy off and like all this stuff, and he just he just grabbed us and and, and just dragged us out, and we were we're not allowed to go back at that strip club. 
I'm not allowed to come back to California. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to come back to California and get arrested. <laughs> it's funny, a few years after that, I was on my way to Phoenix, and for some reason, we, we landed in Los Angeles, and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to say anything because of the guys I was with. But I was just like looking at every security agent, thinking, they're going to arrest me at any moment for skipping court, you know, like this. I mean, I don't know if that case is still open, but, you know, I do, if, when I come to see you, I, I'm going to be very nervous when I land at the airport. Well, how that would work is if you, let's say, you get caught speeding again or if you get into a fight or something and they pull up your record, that's how they'd see it. They're not they're not going to look they're not going to look for you. It's if you happen to get caught doing something else, they look and they're like, oh, shit, this guy, we got to get this guy. (laughs) This guy's a wanted criminal. You said you got banned twice, though. Yes. Yes. That was another one when I was in San Francisco. I, what happened? That, was, that, that, that yeah, that was for something completely different. I mean, it was like it was like freezing cold. Again, it's in the winter when we kind of like leave Europe. It's it's in the winter. Think one things, and I can remember having corned beef, which is like really weird. I mean, we don't really have that in Europe. No and way! I thought that's where it came eggs. from. Huh? I thought that's where it came from. Well, I'm not kind of like really used to it I'm sure maybe it was in the war or something I'm not sure but um, <laughs> it was on the menu at this like breakfast place in San Francisco and it was like corned beef and scrambled eggs and all the rest and so what we do traditionally I mean this is many years ago and um, in Europe um, we could smoke anywhere we wanted so traditionally after like scrambled eggs and a coffee um, you you know not like the American coffee is is nice like european coffee but you know it after a coffee and scrambled eggs you have a cigarette so i i lit up a cigarette and i asked the waitress to come along i said can i have an ashtray please and she's like looks at me like she's seen a ghost so, no 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 you think you gotta go outside and i'm like all right so i went outside and it was so cold that I came back inside, and and, and that was it. They called the police. <laughs> so the police when they came and they like arrested me. They arrested you. Yes. <laughs> they arrested me. <laughs> Took me down to the precinct, and oh, I was like like really strange. And I was kind of like, I don't know if I'd had a few drinks the night before, if I was tired or anything, but I was being very pedantic. And I was back to my thing. Well, I'm from Europe, you know, we have choice. We were have to do what we want. And the police would never come um, uh, to get someone for smoking a cigarette after their breakfast because they have far more important things to do, like hunting down serial killers and rapists. <laughs> and that was it. They kind of like threw the book at me. So anyway, they, they let me go. But I was given what was called um, a caution. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite a wanted man in California. <laughs> What, have you ever been arrested in Europe? No, nearly. I've gone on quite a few occasions, but never actually booked. That's Spent crazy. Spent the night in the cells a few times, but never was actually booked. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? They arrested, well, they arrested me for, like, breaking into my own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, your neighbor so, called? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you know, neighborly things and all the rest of it. But, you know, I was out partying. I let a girl stay at the apartment and she had the keys because she wanted to leave the party early. I said she could stay instead of, like, driving home. And I didn't know she was such a heavy sleeper. And I'm ringing the doorbell. <laughs> like, nothing. So I rang the doorbell of the apartment above me. 
and I knew that if I opened, and they opened the door, but if I opened the windows from, from their house, I could like climb down their balcony onto my one. <laughs> I kind of like slipped and landed in the plant bowls. It was like really loud. And the door was on kip, and I'm like, her name, I just funny, I just remember the name, Astrid. I'm screaming for the door. This is on a, on a tilt thing. Astrid! Astrid, open the fucking door! <laughs> <laughs> so I bang it anyway, you know, I broke the door in. Next thing I know, bang! Was this like this this big door breaker down that they have? Then I broke down the door. I was on, I was on front, hands behind my back, handcuffed, and the rest of it. Said, um, I said, don't, and I said the most stupid thing ever. I said, no, 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 don't, don't worry. The girls are sleeping in my bed. She can, she can vouch for me. <laughs> she can tell you this, that this is actually my apartment. And that kind of like rang bells. Luckily, when they shone the torch in her face and said, do you know this girl? She said, yes, it's this apartment. So it was like half so bad as it could have been. But uh, yeah, and there was another time when Italy won the World Cup and uh, we got completely drunk and disorientated. And uh, we were doing shit that we shouldn't have done, um, got arrested, taken down to the police station. And it was so funny because I'm all I'm doing is shitting myself. I was 17 at the time. This was in England. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how do I explain this to my father? My father's going to kill me. And I heard this Italia, Italia, Italia coming from the cells. And I, as they took us down to the cells, and the cell opposite me was my dad, my uncle, <laughs> my godfather. <laughs> And the next morning when they released the song and said, guys, guys, you know, you've got to like, calm it down just because your country's on the World Cup. This isn't Italy. And you can't do the things that you were doing last night. And Dad just said to me, he said, you do not tell your mother. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, that was nice. It was never booked officially. So no, I don't actually have a criminal record. But apart from in California. What so sports? I mean, you Europeans are like crazy. So like, whenever the World Cup does happen, uh, sometimes I watch, sometimes I don't. I'm not, I'm I'm just not big on uh like I'm not big on on soccer because I mean the game could end zero. Don't call it soccer. Sorry, sorry, football. It's not soccer. It's football because you actually contact the ball with your foot. It's very descriptive. It's like handball, basketball, football. It's not soccer. <laughs> soccer well, just sounds better remember. though. Let's clarify this. What you call football is actually rugby for, for gays. That's unfair. That's some gays play rugby and they're really nice and I love them and respect them. Some of my best friends have been ever gay. I am not homophobic. Let's call it <laughs> Let's call it rugby for sensitive guys. Okay, okay. Okay, so what you call football is rugby for sensitive guys. So you mean the Football World Cup? Okay. The biggest participation sport in the world? I think that, I think, okay, so, okay. Someone has a Daniel Tosh has a funny joke about this. But people, when people claim that football has the biggest participation sport or whatever in the world, it's because he says that imagine uh, you're sitting swatting flies in a hut all day. Imagine how great it would sound to go kick a ball around for a couple hours. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because actually, do you know what the world's biggest participation sport is? Running. <laughs> you're gonna love it. No, 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 no. Fishing. Fishing. Fishing is officially the world's biggest participation. I know this is hard for you to imagine, but being American, I, I'll give you an example of why. Um, you call, I know you love baseball, what are they called? The Angels? Yeah. Anaheim? Anaheim Angels. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's stupid. 
Ah, okay. Because Anaheim sounds like a Nazi concentration camp. Funny but... that you say that. We the uh, we actually there a couple of years ago they had Ku Klux Klan rallies there, so we call it Klanaheim. <laughs> okay, but Anaheim's kind of like a, a strange name in modern terms. It's a little bit inappropriate. It's like calling yourself Auschwitz United. What? But... <laughs> anyway, that's the thing, right? You guys play what they call the World Series of baseball. Yeah. How can it be the World Series when only you guys play it? All right. Whereas Fair the point. The football World Cup, every country in the world can play it because all you have to do is put your foot on the ball. So basically, any idiot can do it, right? But it just sounds barbaric. Like soccer sounds cooler than football. Like football, you're like, oh, like football, I kick foot with my ball. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's exactly the, the, the thing about it. It's like the Olympic Games. They always say, which is the typical loser speech, it's not the winning <laughs> the camps, but the participation, right? Any, every loser would say that, right? So anyway, it's like anyone with a small dick would say size doesn't matter, right? Right. So the Olympic Games, you've had classic examples of like guys from Morocco who couldn't swim. <laughs> what was his name? The eel, something the eel. Anyway, he guy couldn't swim, so he's like the heat at the Olympics, and he's jumped in the pool, and the lifeguards had to rescue him. Well, how did he even uh, get there? No one knows. Uh, I suppose it's like because in Morocco, you know, if you can swim, uh, you're automatically in the Olympic team. <laughs> it's like I, I was thinking like with like golf. I mean, like England. It's one of the reasons I chose to play um, professional golf for Italy because they weren't so many good. Um, Italian professional golfers so I could get in the team for the World Cup that kind of thing so I was thinking Jesus if I found a small island somewhere like near Fiji or something and I could change my nationality to be them I could actually get to the Olympics if you're the best in your country at that sport you get to go to the Olympics so the Olympics is like the ultimate participation sport so it really is a world event whereas baseball is only played in the United States. No, they so they, they play the World Series. They play baseball how in all can, sorts of countries. Yeah. How can anybody playing rugby for sensitive guys say that they're the world champions when it's the only country in the world that plays it? Well, in they don't they don't say that the world champions for football. It's the Super Bowl. It's called the Super Bowl. They're Super Bowl champions. Ah, uh, uh, okay. But with but it's like but but with with, with um, basketball and baseball, it's different, right? They call themselves world champions. Yeah. Well, well, our American well. basketball team kicks ass. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. I mean, well, say that. Wait a minute. And this brings us back to, like, conspiracy theories with COVID. <laughs> China? I mean, 20 years ago, so you, you were just a little baby, you'd laugh and make jokes about the Chinese basketball team, right? Because there'd be these little guys <laughs> that can't do anything. And then for various programs of having, like, spare parts. Have you seen The Island with Ewan McGregor? No, the uh, the actor, right? Yeah, Ewan McGregor and a really gorgeous girl. What's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. So you got this film called The Island with uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. Basically, that happens in China on a daily basis. It's like a spare part farm. So if someone needs a kidney transplant or a heart transplant, they've got these these farms where less than perfect people are existing anyway let's not go there look at the chinese right in the last 20 years so in your lifetime they've come from being jokes 
tiny little unhealthy little what okay okay thing. not trying to get and, bombed or something jeez oh but look <laughs> at the chinese now they got guys that are seven foot tall playing in their basketball teams yeah where did that come from <laughs> <laughs> and that's in 20 years so you can imagine some of the programs they have yeah huh i never thought about it that way I don't know. Maybe about it. maybe some of us. You're only allowed. You're allowed. You're only allowed one kid, right? Yeah. So if you have a girl, what do they do with it? Dumpster, dude. Right. But the alternative is, if you have a girl or that kid is less than perfect, they're sent off to these farms to be spare parts for other people in the future. So the only kid that you're allowed to be born is perfect. <laughs> I know, it's weird. Watch the film, watch the film, you see what I'm talking about. What was it called? The Island. The with Island. Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. It's worth watching just Scarlett Johansson, she's gorgeous. Speaking of uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, have you... Is How big is Star Wars a thing in Europe? Oh, it used to be really, really big. Now they call it like flogging a dead horse. Really? Uh yeah, yeah, it's uh, people are getting bored and, and fed up with it being reincarnated all the time. You know, it, it was a legend. You know, this was a legend. It should have gone down forever in the history books, and now they're just ruining that legacy. Yeah, I agree. The new movies suck. Yeah, well, the, you know, they should just leave it. Just leave it. Its legacy was incredible, and I think George Lucas is probably turning in his grave of what they've done to it. Well, he's still alive. Is he? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> he knew it before he was long gone. No, Disney, Disney bought Disney bought Lucasfilm for like three billion dollars or some shit like that. Gee, including all the rights to all the Star Wars movies and shit. Um, oh, they should they should let the sleeping dog lie. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Was well, we? Uh, oh, actually, there was one. There was a couple other things. Um, so you said that. While you're locked in your house, you've been doing all the things that you've been putting off for years, uh, including demossing the walls. <laughs> That's kind of like, don't you do that in the States? No, I mean, it's it's dry as shit here. It's been raining the past, like, we were in a drought for the longest time. Like, we, we people, they would, like, uh, time our showers and shit. Like, well, I mean, we would time our showers. There was no water police, but... Um, no, yeah, it's dry as shit out here. We don't have the climate to have moss on our houses. Oh, well, there you go. You see, that's, that's also been happening. I mean, I should have timed it better. But, you know, basically, um, we've been locked down for the best part of four weeks now. So you're kind of like, oh, you know, first week is kind of like, I don't know. It's not, it's not like cool, but it's like a commodity. It's like novel. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is strange. Here we are. And you're getting on with things. And then in the second week, you're like doing all those jobs you had lined up for the last four or five years. You're like going up in the loft and giving your clothes to charity and sorting out the garden shed and emptying the garage of shit. And we've basically <laughs> done all of those jobs. So here in winter, it's really cold. It's really damp. And this moss gets everywhere. Yeah, so you get there's a special brush you buy. And on a long stick, like a broom, but it's it's thinner and it's got a metal point on the end, and you demoss the house, uh, the pathways. Is it hard? Like, is it really stuck on there? No, but you have to go deep to get the roots out. Otherwise, it wasn't worth doing it because two weeks later the stuff comes back again. 
It doesn't add like flair, or does it damage the house? No, it doesn't damage the house. Just cleans it up, makes it look like new. No, it's really good when we've washed the windows. And what's the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I feel There's like a... left to do. We should have paced ourselves better. <laughs> well, I mean, who knew that it was gonna? Well, I mean, obviously we knew it was gonna last this long, and who knows how long it's going to last? But I mean, yeah, I'm sure you could find oh, other yeah, stuff to do. Talking... Yeah, well, they're talking here another six weeks. Yeah, they just extended it here until May 15th. Um, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. May 15th. Oh, my word. I mean, oh, Jesus. How many weeks? Like two, three weeks away? Two, what was that? Oh, God. Is that two or three weeks away? What's the, the 11th? That's that's like that's like oh a month away. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God. And that means they'll do the same thing here. They're talking about it. The government still haven't committed themselves and in what form it's going to take and everything else. People are going to go nuts. People are going to really seriously start killing each other. I don't know about each bad. other. I know that here in America, it's going to go crazy. If it goes longer than a certain amount of time, we're going to start having riots and shit like that. Because people here are well, fucking yeah. nuts. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Because already, I mean, here, nerves are wearing very thin. I mean, my next door neighbors on the left, I mean, they're such a lovely old couple. You know, they, they do everything for everybody and they're nice to each other. It's like amazing. They're kind of like the role model that you'd like to grow in. Even they're having like really venomous arguments. <laughs> and you can and hear it on the right hand side they have simple arguments every day but they're just like non-stop now and um, I think I'm going to kill Nasty's brother um, <laughs> 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 I mean if it, this goes on for another month no seriously again what we have to remember is what, what we've got to ask ourselves what is really behind this thing because it's not the virus killing anybody it's the effects of the lockdown that's killing everybody and, and at the end of the day and this is terrible what I'm going to say now, but what's happened is actually a gift from God for all the governments of the world. I mean, because basically all governments of the world are bankrupt, right? right? They can't afford to pay pensions because they've gambled away all of the pension money that's in these pension funds and all the rest of it. So you got all these old people. So I know this sounds terrible. Please forgive me. I'm just saying fact. So you got all <laughs> of these old people and they, they are the weight taking everything from the health systems and the healthcare systems and they're the ones that need the medicines and they're the ones not doing any work and they're the ones that the government can't pay and this is why every government in the world is bankrupt and along comes this disease that only kills old people and you know instead of letting that happen they're protecting the old people by ruining any kind of future that the young generation has because when this thing's finished there's not going to be a lot left for the young people. There's massive unemployment. The economy is the worst it's ever been since 1930. The Great Depression and everything else. There's something other than a virus behind this. Ah, I mean, if we get any conspiracy theories, there's conspiracy theories about like everything. But I mean, younger people are dying too. I have friends of friends that have passed away. Really? Yes. And they had no underlying health issues? They weren't like drug addicts or anything? No. Well, that's what people have said online. I didn't know the people. Um, but right. there there could be people with underlying health issues that don't even know it. Yeah, that could be true. But at the end of the day, what we've got to remember is two things. Number one, back um, when I was a kid, there was a thing called the Spanish flu, and it wiped out millions worldwide. But no country went into lockdown. They didn't wreck the economy. 
They didn't make massive unemployment. They just got on with it, and millions died. Now, we're talking worldwide. We're talking worldwide, right? 100,000 people have died. I mean, that's a big number, and it's really sad. However, think about this one. In the UK, alone in the UK, every winter, 38,000 people die from normal flu. That's funny because it's, or it's not funny, but it's it's interesting to me because I didn't even know that people die from the flu. Like, I mean, I knew people die from the flu. Uh, yeah, I knew that people like die from the flu, but I didn't realize that the number was like that high. Because like whenever I get the flu, it's like, oh shit, I get to stay home from school, like all this shit. Like I never, I never ever thought, oh wow, I might pass away from this. Yeah, yeah, no, no one does, and yet, yeah, those numbers. So let's work it out. If in England, I'm not when I said UK, that was wrong. In England, thirty-eight thousand people die every year from normal flu, right? Now times that by all the other countries, and you're into a few million. And no one does anything. Why are the governments locking down the world, wrecking any kind of future that the younger generation has for a few thousand people? I mean, this is really weird. Why protect the vulnerable, which basically means the old people and the people with underlying health issues? So I know this sounds really cruel, but to protect the dead and dying, we're wrecking the future of the young and healthy. Why? Why would any government do that unless they're pressing a reset button? Huh. Hey, there's always right. good, always got to be... There's always something, man. There's always something. Uh, I mean, that was heavy, wasn't it? That was, that, 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 that was heavy <laughs> shit. But it's, it's true. It makes you think. It. it really makes you think. It does. It does. Because something's wrong. There's something wrong here. You know, with, with what the governments are doing worldwide and they're all doing it. And we were all warned. We were born 10 years ago that if Trump, Johnson and Putin are in charge of their countries at the same time, this alignment would change the world. Well, it certainly has. <laughs> it certainly has. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? It doesn't bear thinking about, to be honest. Man, well, as we're approaching the final minutes of the episode, is there anything oh. that uh, uh, that you want to say or shout out or plug or um any last story anything you want to talk about about your restaurant like we got we could we could keep going but it's just i just want to know that it's coming up towards the end if there's anything that you want to talk about now is the time well to be honest it's been it's been brilliant talking to you it's been you know with the the few thousand miles in between us and the two continents and the the atlantic it's, it's, it's been marvellous talking and uh, a few old stories coming out and things like that. And, you know, with the restaurant, you know, it was great. We were just getting somewhere. I mean, if you look at TripAdvisor, the reviews we were getting were incredible. We'd gone through the hard winter. It's a seaside resort and we're right on the Royal Harbour, the only Royal, well, the only harbour marina in the world that's allowed to call itself Royal. And Why is uh, that? We were looking for, sorry? Why is that? Uh, because King George VI, he, he, he loved it here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, many people love it. I mean, Vincent van Gogh was actually a teacher here. Karl Marx wrote most of his theses here. Queen Victoria um, lived here every summer. Anyway, King George VI just loved it so much, he decreed uh, to call it the Royal Harbour of Ramsgate. And we were looking forward to this incredible summer and Easter and Mother's Day and all. We were booked. We, we, we were doing the first time we were doing two sittings. So we had like 52 people booked for lunch. And wait, wait, we wait. Were, hold on. What like, do you mean? What do you mean? Like you, it's not just – so it's your restaurant's reservation only? 
No, uh, but if we have room, people can come in, but we were going to have room on that day. And uh, two days before, we got closed down, like everybody else did. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about the future because when they're saying that eventually, when all the lockdowns are off and they reintroduce normal life again, one of the last things that will be allowed to open will be bars and restaurants. So, you know, if they take the summer away from us, I mean, we're done. I mean, we're like cooked and thrown in the fryer. Um, you know, you can't run a business with, uh, without being open. And um, that looks like what's going to happen, but there we go. We don't know it, so we'll see. Um, no, it's been, it's been great talking to you. I just hope that now in America you'll realise that you can't call yourselves world champions unless you've beaten every country in the world. <laughs> I hope you realise that what you call football is actually... Um, rugby for sensitive guys <laughs> and, and football is football and not soccer man yeah it's been it's been great talking to you as always man um i look forward to when we get to meet in person it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy i can't wait i mean it looks like the opportunity has been taken away from us this summer yeah um but we'll we'll take care of that either we come in the winter to you or you come next summer to us that'll be great It'll happen. Thanks for doing the podcast too, man. I appreciate it. I know, too. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed talking to you. All right.